It's weird because it's almost like these women are waiting for him to make the decision for them. And I'm just like, why wait? You guys can yeah. make your own decision. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women community. The Other Women community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump into the episode. First, I want to tell you what happened this morning whenever I came out into the kitchen dressed up for this podcast because, you know, got to feel confident whenever I do these things. And Stan comes out and he goes, what are you so dressed up for? And I was like, oh, we're filming today. And he was like, filming what? And I was like, the podcast. <laughs> he goes, really? Because it looks like you're fucking dressed for a porno. And I was like, what? I'm wearing like a floor length dress right now. And he goes, yeah. I was like, don't they like not wear clothes and pornos? And he goes, not adult ones. You got to set the scene. And I was like. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> my husband's mind is in the gutter 99% of the time and it makes me laugh. So yeah. Yeah, it's funny. That funny. happened this morning. Kind of funny. Okay. Oh, what topic were we going to talk about though? How did that make me feel? Fine. I don't really care. He says he said worse things, you know? Okay. Him and I cannot have a normal conversation without there being some type of sexual innuendo that wasn't insinuated, but we both pick up on it and we look at each other and we're just like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> All because we find it funny. We're immature and I'm fine with it. As long as you guys have, are good. Just not emotionally. We do. We have lots of fun. But what were we talking about before that? We were talking about one of the top questions that I get on the internet, which is how do I know if he will leave his wife or not? And so yeah. you and I were going back and forth on that. And then we decided, you know what? We better just hop into the studio and start recording because the conversation was getting too good not to share. Let's start with a recap, I guess, because they don't know what we talked about. But what happened is we have a situation in the community, which is that's kind of happening, right? The yeah. moving on with the affair partner. Yeah. What's happening in the community is the affair was discovered by... The wife and she it actually wasn't really discovered it was kind of it was almost like she was aware of it the entire time to be honest and just kind of in denial about it and now it's hit a point where both of the women are <laughs> looking to the man to make a decision and he's not he's not giving them anything he's not being honest about what he actually wants to do he hasn't been honest with his wife um, he will not share with his affair partner about what decision he actually wants to make. And I actually do have kind of a bit of empathy for him because there was a time in my own experience where I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know whether I wanted to stay in the marriage or leave the marriage because I had never given myself the time and space to actually discern what I wanted to do. I was just kind of, I was just existing and going with the punches. 
So yeah. that's happening in the community. And it's weird because it's almost like these women are waiting for him to make the decision for them. And I'm just like, why wait? You guys can yeah. make your own decision. Like you don't need him at all. And I think that they both are starting to realize that. And it's kind of like this really interesting, profound moment where you see these women kind of like look around and they're like, wait a second. What am I doing here? What is this really? Is this really what I want? And so I think it's great. I think it's great that they're at that place. So let's let's bring on the the discussion that we had, right? before recording this, which was the realization of why I think you and Stan worked out in the end. And uh, yeah, well. you, you think that we started like, I told everybody on TikTok, I said, look, if you're currently in an affair and you have these dreams of having a healthy relationship with your affair partner, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you continue lying to each other. Like you actually have to have an honest relationship in order to have a healthy one. And if you fear being honest with this person that you think that you're going to have a long-term relationship with, I don't know that you're ready for a healthy relationship yet. And I don't mean that you have to like take a step back outside of the relationship or even stop the relationship but you do need to take some time to focus on yourself, even if you are still in that relationship and discern why you can't be honest with this person. Because one of the things that was really important to me with, you know, any relationship that I start out in is that I'm not faking it. I don't want to fake who I am to get you to love me. Like that doesn't sit well with me. I did that. I did that in my marriage and look, or in my first marriage and look how that turned out, you know? So I did that in every single relationship <laughs> until this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is really, it is really hard. I think when you're not used to speaking your own thoughts and feelings without fear of judgment, I think that you really do have to get to a place where you're like, okay, this is who I am. And like, I accept myself for who I am. And uh, if you can't, then I don't really want you around. Like, that's kind of how it landed for me. Yeah. So that, that's kind of like the realization that they are having. But also, like, I think the reason why you worked out with Stan, or like there, there are a number of reasons. But if you think about relationships or if you think about affairs particularly, they are a secret relationship. Now, you want to go from secrets to public. Public requires trust. Even secret requires trust, but because there are so many unknowns, you don't necessarily know what's happening. But when you're a public, it requires more trust, I believe. You can counter me on that. I think that when you go public, yes, but it's not like the trust has to already be there, right? Like the trust just didn't all of a sudden exist between Stan and I once we went public. It was like there were tons of, you know fights in the beginning lots of insecurities around like how is your behavior impacting me type stuff one time I like this is actually great one time I was pregnant this was like even four years after the affair and Stan was out we lived in Vegas at the time Stan was out in Vegas with his cousins I had left him at the casino 
And I went home and I was like, just promise me you're not going to like go fucking nuts because Stan knows how to go nuts. He also knows how to go wild and crazy and I like it. But if I'm not around to like make sure he stays in line, then I wasn't really okay with it, you know? And so then what happened was he was with his cousins. I pop onto Facebook. I see a picture of him in a completely different outfit than what I left him in. New shoes, the whole fucking thing. He looked real nice. <laughs> looked real nice. And there was a caption on it that said, we're headed to the club or some bullshit. Maybe that was a story I made up inside of my mind about what the caption said. But I became incredibly insecure. And so I start calling him over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, get your ass home or I'm raising this baby alone. That baby, actually, that one right there. I was like, I'm out of here. And he was like, no, 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 no. If you are concerned at all, I will be right there. And I was like, yeah, fucking right. And he was like, watch this. Man called a limo to come and pick him up and take him home. He probably paid like 200 bucks for that drive home just to give me the peace of mind that like, do I think that he really wanted to come home to his nagging wife? No, I think he wanted to like go and hang out with his, his cousin and drink and gamble and all of that. But he, I think that he had it in his mind that he knew that the way that we started, he really had to demonstrate that he was trustworthy, that anything he said, he did have me in mind and anything he did, he had me in mind. So uh, yeah, he came home that night, but like trust, like, yes, once you go public, you do have to, you do have to be able to have trust that is built. The other thing that I think about trust though, is you have to give people the opportunity to become trustworthy. There were plenty... There was, there was so much stuff early in our relationship where I didn't even give him enough rope to determine whether he was trustworthy or not. You can't just like control somebody else and be like, oh yeah, I trust them. It's like, no, you don't. You control them. Mm-hmm. Do you really trust that they, that they are interested in doing this long term with you? Or do you trust that you have the ability to control somebody else? Mm. Yeah. So while you were in the affair, how did you build the trust to finally say, all right, let's make it public? What is it that you've done there? This is interesting. You're really hitting on something super interesting. Someone wrote me the other day and they said, could you do a podcast episode on how you may actually become a more authentic version of yourself while in the affair? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. With Stan, when I was in the affair with him, like, Part of me falling in love with him was seeing how okay he was with who he was. He was very secure in himself. He was pretty much an individual floating around this world ever since he was like the age of five, just kind of doing everything on his own. Like this is a very self-made man that I have married and fallen in love with. But I think that the trust in the affair was built out of his actions matching his words. He never like gave me any type of false hope. There was never a, oh, one day. It very quickly went from, I really want to do life in this way. Like we were sharing our personal desires with each other. Like I had really big dreams of becoming a mom one day, all of that. 
And he, he had similar ones. He had, you know, big family, barbecues, stuff like that. We had that all aligned. And so then there was all of a sudden this realization that we could do it together. And he kept doing what he said he was going to do. He never, he never fell short of that when it came to me. Which was really hard because then I was like, what is it about me that his what he says matches up with his actions versus his relationship with his wife, right? Like he said in his marriage vows, I'm sure at some point, I will love you until death do us part. But his actions don't actually line up with that. So mm. that whole thing was really confusing for me because it, I was taking his past and kind of holding it against him. So I couldn't, I, w- I really had to see him for who he was in that moment. Was he trustworthy in that moment? Does his history with me speak more volume than a history that he had where I wasn't present? Mm. I really don't like holding people's past against them. So the trust in the affair was was built out of lots of conversation, lots of sharing who we were in that present moment who we were in the past and not being ashamed of it. Like one of the things that I learned from Stan that was really important was my roots weren't something to be ashamed of. They were something to be embraced and understood. Mm -hmm. And Stan was kind of like a teacher to me in that way. And I was learning so much about life just by sharing with him. And there was something compelling about Stan that made me, it made me feel safe to consider things that I had never considered before. And, you know, for me, it went back to religion. Like he grew up in the South, so he identified as the same religion as me. But the grip that he had on his religion was much more healthy than mine. It sounds like one of the core drivers of why you guys like connected was intellectual part, but also like vulner- vulnerable to share whatever you you guys had in mind mm-hmm. to wanted to share. Yeah, it was. And it was funny because it, this changed over time, right? Like in the beginning it was it was very easy to become vulnerable with Stan and him being vulnerable with me and I didn't take that lightly. So I was like very much mm, what's the word? Kind of like proud that he would trust me with his stories. And then I felt safe sharing my own stories with him. Did that never happen in other relationships? It did, but it happened in a way where people pitied me. People pitied me for my story. Uh. Stan didn't pity me. Stan was like, and? He was very, he was a catalyst in me understanding what self-acceptance was. So in all of my past relationships, yes, They were interested in hearing my background, but my background, they felt sorry for me. Stan didn't feel sorry for me. He was like, beautiful. And that was so important for me in order to embrace who I was because the past did matter, especially my childhood. It mattered. It was important. And this, you know, he schooled me in judgment. He, my relationship with Stan schooled me in how much judgment I had in my heart for other people. And it wasn't well-founded. It was founded in my own righteous view of the world. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am extremely grateful for anybody who is interested in surfacing this conversation with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you went and left a five-star review with positive commentary on my thoughts. And I would like to be able to read those thoughts of yours out loud on my podcast. Thank you. And let's get back to the episode. If we go back to uh, will my affair partner leave his wife, what would you say are signs that he will and what are like red flags? Let's let's play the red flag game. Okay, so Stan actually like, so in the beginning of this TikTok thing, right? Like this was the number one question everybody had for us. Like, how do I know if he's going to leave? And Stan got so sick and tired of answering this question. I did not. He <laughs> says that... <laughs> The only way to determine whether your affair partner is going to leave their spouse, because this could be vice versa, is there has to be a timeline in place, a timeline in place with milestones. And it's agreeable. Stan and I did have a timeline in place. I expedited mine because I couldn't handle it anymore. So I was very comfortable with moving into a place of being alone until his mile markers had come up. So I think that if you have a timeline in place and your affair partner says, I'm going to tell my spouse by this date and they don't walk away. Like that was pretty much like that was our, that was our timeline. Our timeline was you're going to tell your wife about this situation by this date and then by this state, you are going to have quit your job. Mm. Like we really had to forfeit it all. You're going to have to quit your job by this state and you will have to be in America by the state and very firm, very firm. And he showed up every single time. He was like, here I am, here I am. So I had no... Other than his past, I had no reason to not believe what he said. And when I say his past, I mean his past prior to me. Yeah, because I guess it's an, a tricky situation, right? You are you are like in an affair. And if you are in an affair, in this specific case, the man is taken. And you are seeing that person being like how he's talking, handling her handling how do you say that like how he's managing his relationship with his wife and how he's hand managing his relationship with you and it's like okay well what what is the difference right like the, the, the thing that you said like stan at some point had done a vow and now what is different with me and it's mm -hmm. it's it's a tricky place to be there where like you are not considering his past but you're considering his present with you i guess it takes a lot of like Emotional his, his history with me right like I didn't want to hold his past against him I didn't want to be like oh you've been married two times before me like it would be stupid of me to not believe you you know like mm -hmm. I really had to determine whether I was trustworthy or not could I stand by my word like I had already proven that I couldn't so I had to do I actually and I do this a lot. Every time that I have a concern about somebody else, I'm like, how can I actually put that magnifying glass back on me and discover where I'm the hypocrite here? Because what am I going to say? Oh, I can't be in this relationship with you because you have a history 
of lying? Nope. That seems silly. I have a history of lying, so maybe I shouldn't be in a relationship. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like once I brought it down to fundamentals, I was like, okay, like, I can evaluate this person as he is right now in this relationship with me and not hold his past against him. I don't want people holding my past against me. In the relationship world, this sounds very similar to the body count discussion. What? What's like, the body count discussion? Like, the body count oh. discussion is, oh, I am not going to be with a woman who has, like, over X amount. Like, what's like what's her body count? You know, like, that's that's kind of the same discussion, right? Oh. I'll and she's like, what. no, not talking about that. <laughs> I, look, I've never been in the dating world. I've never been a girl who has been on a dating app. I've never really looked for a boyfriend or anything. Like, that's just the lot that has been delivered to me in life. And I don't know, maybe that just says I'm easy. Who the fuck cares? But when I hear people talk about like a checklist, they have like these parameters of like who it is. And if like something doesn't fit within the parameters, that person is excluded. I'm like, are you really getting to know this person? Like, or are you just checking out their resume? Because I think that that is a little bit judgmental. And I like, I, I think that if I were to be on dating apps and stuff like that, I'd be having conversations with people to get to know them. I don't want to know their stats. I want to know like the essence of them. Here's the thing. So body count and all that bullshit. Wait a second, Kevin. (laughs) I know I've never dated, so I really have no right to speak on this. But like I used to do that. I used to have a rubric of who was a suitable person for me. And that really fell flat on his face or flat on its face because I didn't know what was really important to me. Like, was it really important to me that like my husband be a God fearing man? And if so, why? Mm -hmm. And what does God-fearing even mean? Like, I had all of these parameters set up for, like, who it was that I wanted to marry that were were really stupid. So body count included. When Stan and I were in the affair, I asked him, how many people have you slept with? And he was like, he, he like, he laughed. Do you really want to know? You have to remember, Stan is, like, nearly... (laughs) I think he said something along those lines. And like, really, I think what I wanted to do in that moment was showcase, like, this is so embarrassing, but whatever. I wanted to showcase to him what my body count was, right? Like, I wanted Mm. to be like, look at how reserved I am. Look Mm. how, look how precious I am because I don't do this thing. Like, stupid, dumb, 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 dumb. It's a security thing, right? Is it? I mean, if somebody has a high body count, I would just be asking them, the questions that I would be asking them is like, or I I wouldn't even be, I would ask them confirmation questions. I would be like, oh, so you really like sex, huh? And then I'd be like, oh, so you like sexual variety. And like, I'd probably try to understand them more at their core and be less concerned about how high or how low their body count was. Body yeah, because count. there is a reason. That's there is fun. a yeah. There is a reason why. Like there is a reason why your body count is high or low. It doesn't matter if it, if reason? it's higher. 
I mean, it it depends on the individual, right? Like people who mm-hmm. who want to save themselves or whatever, like they are shy or they don't want to talk to women or they are not in the dating scene. And there is a specific reason why you're not in the dating scene. And there's a specific reason why you're shy. So there isn't always an, undervalu- an underpinning value and reason why your body count is either high or low. And like understanding the reason why your body count is the way it is will determine more of who the person, like you will understand the person more rather than actually judging them for what the number is. You know what I mean? And like if anybody ever has a desire that their body count was less or higher, like I would want to understand that why. Yes. Like I agree with that one. You know? I agree with that one like big time because like I had just people around me and like, None of these people are ever going to listen to this podcast, which is fine. But like I had, like they would pride themselves on their count. Pride themselves on like sleeping every weekend with a new woman. Pride themselves just to satisfy their And I would pride myself on the opposite. Isn't that so weird? Yeah. Look how righteous I am. Look at how good I've been. Yeah, everyone has their own internal struggles and how they want to validate themselves. And I think that belief that you have within yourself and satisfying that image, that that image that you want to be is what will satisfy your Uh, ego. But I wasn't satisfying the image of what I wanted to be. Let's be honest. What is it? I was satisfying all of my elders around me, all of them. I was really wanting to prove myself as a good girl, a very good girl. And these friends of mine probably wanted to satisfy being a high value masculine man within their friend group, which is the definition of having what a that they were really body. wanted sexually by women. Yes. Ugh. Boring. You can imagine. You can imagine. <laughs> it sounds like Luna's episode. Ah, oh, what, what what is it that she said? It was like, men cheating bores the fuck out of me. That's what she said. Yeah, she said, and the sky is blue, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, sometimes it's orange. I really liked Luna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we want to say anything else about will my affair partner leave his wife? Yeah, you should be turning that question around on yourself. At what point will I leave my affair partner if he doesn't leave his wife? The other questions you should be asking yourself is, why do I want my affair partner to leave his wife? Why is exclusive exclusivity, exclusivity so important to me? And do you really want him to leave his wife? Like, let's think this one through because Chelsea did not at the time. Stan leaving his wife and then proceeding into a relationship with me had me feeling all sorts of ways, all sorts of ways for for many years that I had the power to remove somebody from somebody else's life. I actually did not have that power. That person had that power. But the, the amount of shame that I struggled with in that season of life was incredibly difficult. Could I have avoided it? Yeah. Did I want to? No, like obviously pursuing the relationship with Stan was much more important to me than any amount of shame that I was going to acquire for my life's decisions. 
But yeah, I think I think that if you're asking that question, if that question is rattling around in your head, will my affair partner leave his wife and there isn't a timeline with milestones, then you probably need to be preparing yourself for bigger questions to be asking yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.